Hey there, this is Twain DX, and this is a Game Dev London podcast. Today I'm joined by Ibs from Sega uh, to talk about community, and let me introduce you to him. Hey Ibs, how are we doing? Hi, good, thank you. Very well, thank you. How are you? Very well, very well. Um, Ibs, what's your role at Sega? So I am the community marketing manager at Sega Europe. Now that uh, it's not a title that you usually hear very often because you'll either hear marketing manager or community manager. It's kind of like a hybrid between doing a bit of digital marketing, but community strategy. Um, so when you uh, think of a community manager, there's different types of community managers. You have uh, community managers who work studio side, who work at an actual studio, work closely with the devs. And then you have what I do, which is uh, working on the publisher side, uh, where I work alongside with the studio community managers. Um, so uh, essentially what I do is I work with the different community managers on the social strategy, uh, on the community strategy and help, uh, you know, help amplify any messaging that they've got and working with all the studios to kind of uh, align with their timelines on what the content strategy is and releases and milestones, etc. That's a lot of stuff you got to look after then. Yeah, busy, very, <laughs> very busy. <laughs> well, um, I guess Sega's been around for a very long time. Uh, they're one of the original players. 60 years. That's incredible. incredible. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge Vegas Sega fan myself. Uh, I grew up playing them in the arcades and the, the home consoles as well. Um, they're bringing out some amazing content at the moment. And uh, Sega go, seems to be going from strength to strength at the moment. Uh, do you have any, uh, wh- wh- where does Sega start for you? For me, uh, well, I, again, like you, grew up playing Sega. Uh, I was always a Sega, uh, I, you know, I always, uh, you know, there's, we're, we're, you know, like yourself, growing up in the 80s and 90s, we, uh, you know, it was either Nintendo or Sega, right? And I was in the Sega camp. Um, just it just happened that way. Um, I, you know, started with the Master System, then the Mega Drive and the Saturn. Um, not to, you know, not to say I wasn't a fan of Nintendo as well, but again, you know, you can only afford to be on one side, couldn't you? Most of us as kids yeah. couldn't afford to be on both on both camps. Um, so yeah, I uh, I've been a Sega fan like since I was a kid, um, and it, it actually started before that. It started on the actual Amstrad CPC cassette computer. That's where I had like Outrun and and Golden Axe, and you know, you're looking at, you know. <laughs> Kids these days, uh, sorry to sound old, won't understand it, but you know, when you're working with a computer that's got 64 kilobytes of RAM, as opposed to what people are playing with these days, you know, it's uh, it's a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at games like, you know, like playing Golden Axe at like 10 frames a second, <laughs> you know, just with one button. One on button, yeah. Yeah, or not even a button, just using QA and O and P buttons <laughs> on the keyboard to move around. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm really old. Um, but yeah, it started off. Uh, it started off for a very, uh, a very early in my life. Uh, never expected. Again, everyone at Sega says this. Never expected to be, you know, working at the company uh, later in life. <laughs> um, but um, I actually, it's my second time at Sega as well. I, um, I started in QA. Um, so, look, uh, just a very quick story is uh, I. Study contemporary media practice, which is a, a very fancy way of saying film and TV uh, at university. Uh, and then I uh, had an opportunity to go to Australia to work in a uh, small uh, local cable access TV studio. Uh, did that for about a year and came back. And uh, first job I had was working in, in QA at Sega, and I was there for four years. 
Um, so I had, um, you know, that was my um, that was my entry into the uh, development side of it, uh, where I was exposed to, you know, the dev side of of uh, Sega games back then. It was the uh, it was the tail end of the PS2 era, not PS2 era, but PS2 releases that Sega made, and the start of the PS3. Um, so it was really interesting to, you know, work behind the scenes in that transition between the PS2 generation or Xbox and GameCube going on to Xbox 360 and PS3. Um, uh, but yeah, and then I left, uh, went into community management at Sony PlayStation, uh, then worked at an agency handling their social for um, Capcom. Uh, and then went to 2K for four years, and then uh, full circle back at Sega, where I work in community. That's amazing. That's, uh, you, it, it gives a nice breadth of experience and understanding of community. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so for those people out there who are starting to make the games and looking to build a community of some kind, uh, where would you say some of the best places are to start a community? So to start a community, the most important thing, right, is it, if you want to find like-minded people, uh, you want to find your fan base, you need to go where the audience is. Uh, and, uh, you know, in this day and age, everything's digital. Uh, you've got to use social media. And there's a wealth of social media platforms uh, to use. Uh, and you just need to go where they are, whether it's uh, um, forums, uh, whether it's Reddit, um, and uh, you know, there's there's so many different places. Uh, and and the, the key thing that I, a key point that I need to get across um, is that there's no right or wrong way of doing uh, social media, for example. Um, and that the the reason for that is because the every game studio, every publisher, everyone is different. They have you have a different fan base. Every even going just working in, like you know from a Sega perspective. We have so many different types of genres of games that are out or coming out um, past releases. You know, we have different fans who are more, uh, you know, they have an affinity towards the retro games, for example. We have uh, we have community bubbles who are fans of RTS games or Football Manager, for example. So you've got so many different pockets of communities um, and um, it's about being where they are. Um, it's about you know, uh, and there's there's a huge, huge, in, insanely large, amazing community of um, of indie game studios who all you know they all um, uh, they're all online and they all have their uh, their presence online and they all you know they build their communities from scratch and um, it's not easy to start with um, you know you you you'll start off you'll you'll literally have yourself and your colleagues and family friends uh, friends who will be the first followers of your account of your of whatever social media account you have and it might be disconcerting uh, you know to see that you know you know you've got very low engagement or low number of likes and shares that's totally fine um, it, to, to begin with don't worry about that uh, or in fact never look at the numbers and worry that you know they're not that's not a testament to your success. Uh, end of the day, you know, anyone who's uh, making games, you know, you, the, the number of downloads, the number of people playing it, that's your uh, success metric. So when it comes to social media uh, metrics, you know, you'll have good days, you have bad days, you have good months, you have bad months. Um, and essentially, you know, you 
people who are making the games, they are fans of games themselves, right? So you just need to surround yourself and find people who are like-minded, like your, like you know, like you, um, and you know, uh, join groups. There's lots of like, you know, there's lots of uh, Facebook groups, for example, um, for you know game devs. There's uh, you know, there's uh, there's publications like Gum Sutra. There's so there's so many places where you can hang out with people who not only will be your target audience, but also like-minded people who you know who might be peers as well who'll be able to help you um so there's there's um again there's no right or wrong way of doing it you just do it through trial and error um but the key advice that i would give is to just put yourself out there if you don't put yourself out there then no one will discover you um and uh one thing we've mentioned before this as well is uh, live streaming um uh what you know twitch is becoming a uh a, a huge pa platform for uh, well it's, it's mainly a platform for gaming even though they introduced uh you know subgenres like just chatting for example um and yeah just uh being being where you where the people are you know you need to just put yourself out there in whichever way you can um and just you know just keep 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 doing it persevere and people will discover you for sure for sure um so you've gone out there you've started this community uh people have started joining and people who are interested in what you're interested in are in uh now conversing with you and stuff what would you say are the sort of things you can do to help keep them keep them in the community how, how to keep them engaged talk to them react you know one thing that uh that you need to understand is you're you're dealing with you're not dealing with just a consumer you're dealing with a human being um, and treat them like that. Treat your community like people. Don't treat them like a number. Don't treat them like a you know. Uh, they're not. Don't see them as customers. They're they're not. Even though they are customers or maybe customer potential customers, that's not why you know you engage with them. You engage with them as as you know. You they're they're potential fans. But again, you have a like you have a uh, you have you know common interest with them. Um, so talk to them. Just you know talk to them and give them a. You know, give them recognition, even if it's uh, if if you if they give a if they give you advice, if they give you a, 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 any feedback, acknowledge their feedback, and a, a little a bit of acknowledgement goes a long way. Whether it's a like or a thanks or um, you know, just any kind of interaction, you have to interact. Again, it's it's uh, it's easy to set them done because if you if you announce say you announce the game for example, and you've got hundreds of thousands of people who just come out of nowhere, um, you know, you're not going to be able to respond to everyone. Um, but you know, you could put out a message saying, you know, thank you to all all, all of you who you know who who have uh, who've responded to us. But again, just keep keep the um, to keep the momentum going as well. Don't uh, don't go dark. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, when you start having these conversations or start posting things, don't post an announcement or post a milestone or an update and just go quiet. Um, you should always keep. A steady flow of content, and that cadence could be anything. That could be once a week, that could be two times a week. It depends on you. It depends on your audience as well. Um, but you definitely want to you want to keep engaged. It's a two way conversation. You don't want to you don't want to be putting content out there and just not acknowledge uh, your audience. You need to converse with them as much as you can, um, and ask for their opinions as well. Like everyone's got an opinion on something, you know. And, and um, you know, and if someone is, you know, it's it's a very touchy subject. But if something, if you see uh, someone being negative towards your game or your brand or anything like that or anything that you've put out, 
you know, don't take it to heart. You know, everyone's got their own opinion uh, and value their opinion. Thank them for their feedback. If they don't like it, that's totally fine. It doesn't mean you ban them, for example. Um, uh, and, and in most cases, you don't have to worry about that. Sometimes it can get, you know, it can get a bit salty, but um, but it's not something to really worry about um, in terms of when you're starting out. Um, but just keep, you know, it's it's down to you uh, to keep someone engaged. And I understand that sometimes you've got a, a team of devs or a dev that's, you know, small in numbers. They don't have a dedicated person to do the community outreach and they're doing it themselves while doing the coding. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's a difficult task. Um, just do it what you can when you can. Um, but it's very important to actually do that. Yeah, because um, it's all, I've seen it happen before where, you know, you people have built a social media presence, they've built a community, but then the only updates they give are when there's a trailer or something, you know, it's, and it's, it's, it's not the wrong way to do it. I mean, it's, it's not ideal, but if you keep, if you keep your community engaged, and, and the thing I love about indie games, especially, is they the the ones that are successful the ones that work very closely with their community and they take their feedback and they listen to their you know they listen to their community even if they don't implement what they're suggesting but they're taking on board you know and listening to what their suggestions are that's really good um, just acknowledgement acknowledgement again I, I and I can talk about this it's it was uh, when I worked at PlayStation it was during the time where the um, the downtime happened for like three months of PSN. Oh, yeah. Not an easy time, um, but you know it was. And understandably, we had a lot of angry community members who were very upset that they, you know, they they couldn't go online uh, because you know digital DRM they couldn't play their games, for example, or or play online. Uh, but you know, just acknowledging and being there and acknowledging that you're listening to them goes a long way. For sure. Um, there's. There's something you said obviously about the posts you make, um, and there's a fine line I feel between marketing posts and engagement posts. Uh, where do you think that line sort of lies? And what do you think about that? So both are good in my opinion, um, but it's you just don't want to lean towards one or the other too much. It's all about balance. Um, so, for example, if you've got a if you've got a um, a timeline of you know announce all the way through to launch and obviously delays happen but if you stick into that if you're able you're lucky enough where you don't have a setback and you don't have a delay um it's about you, you the way i work is or the way some of the teams work as well is we'll get that we'll get our, our 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 schedule of what when our announces our timeline all the way up until launch and we'll try and fill it with fun content in between so that we keep the audience engaged um, again, we, we, you're, you're going to get full of people requesting, you know, for more information, they, they're on the edge of their seats and they're, they're constantly, you know, they're dying for new information and sometimes you can't give that. So you give them something else instead, which is more fun. And again, you can, there's so much stuff you can do like, uh, and again, uh, working in, in, in a, de in a, you know, on, on dev side, there's so much, uh, you know, when it comes to like, you can use, uh, stuff like concept art. Um, you know, all the, all the earlier planning stuff, you could use that and share that uh, with your community and see what they think. Uh, and and um, also user-generated content as well. Um, you know, if, if it's a, an established franchise, for example, or you're making a game that's of an established brand, you can work with your community to look at, you know, 
you can get them to provide or share their fan art if they've got any fan art or, or stuff like that or their content they might um you know they might uh, uh you might reveal a trailer and then you'll have some people on youtube who will dissect it frame by frame uh and they'll share that video and, and discuss it with their own communities because at the end of the day it's about not only about building a community it's merging communities together it's working with other communities that's how you grow as well um and to to answer your question yes yeah, it's, it's um you don't want to you don't want to be one or the other you don't want to just have marketing kind of content out there you don't want to have just a grassroots kind of like you know just topical engagement posts but again at the same time you you also have the danger of using kind of oh, it's not really mixed messaging but the mixed tone of voice um sorry it's getting dark outside i'm just going to yeah. turn my light on there you go that's better, <laughs> that's better yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah um so yeah it's um it it's about balance, but tone of voice is very, very important because even you can put out marketing content, but it's the way you put it out that's important. Mm-hmm. So rather than being your, you know, the boring corporate, um, this is coming out, you know, this is the name of the game. This is when it's coming out pre-order now, mm-hmm. you know, um, you can, you can word it in the right way where, you know, uh, also, really really good advice that i got from someone and it really works is involve your community when it comes to doing the marketing stuff like you know when you've got a trailer out there um you know if you've got like a a little easter egg at the end ask them what they think the easter egg means what their favorite part of the trailer was what they're most excited about stuff like that just open it open uh, because you're opening up the conversation rather than just exactly exactly so um and again it could take there's no right or wrong way of doing it um it all takes a bit of practice and uh, trial and error um and and again you 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 know you might you might want to look at your results a, a day or two afterwards and go right okay maybe that didn't work maybe i'll try something different that's the beauty of social media as well yeah. is there's so many different platforms i mean tiktok is exploding now um people are starting you know certain brands are using it. i saw um xbox are using it quite well um, but in terms of gaming brands, you know, we, we haven't, uh, we haven't like, you know, made any decisions to start using it at Sega, but it's something that we're looking at. We're keeping an eye on because again, you have to keep, uh, and that comes to my next point is keep try and keep up with all the latest trends on oh, different yeah. platforms because, you know, some die like Google plus or vine. Um, but then TikTok, you know, everyone, when TikTok came along, you know, all of us in the industry were like, oh yeah, well, it's bad. <laughs> it's going to go. It's not, it's, it's exploding. And doesn't seem to be going any smaller. It's going from strength to strength. So uh, keep an eye on everything that, uh, and don't be, don't be ashamed. And even if you're, if you see yourself as a small, a small dev, you know, or a small company or a small team, don't be scared to, to look at what the big, you know, publishers are doing and follow suit. You know, they say imitation is the is the highest form of flattery, right? You know, it it doesn't mean. You don't have to be innovative on every single thing you do. You see something that works, try it yourself, put your own spin on it. Um, Take inspiration. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so talking about platforms, um, you may you mentioned TikTok is blowing up at the moment. Um, I, for a long time, was a big proponent of Facebook. Um, but I'm seeing that, for me, change in the way it handles its algorithms. Uh, when I started with Twitter, I hated Twitter, but that's again 
getting better for me. Um, I'm having a great time with Discord recently. Discord's great for building community, I found. Um, yeah. Do you have any preferences on the platforms at the moment? At this current time, obviously, we talked about it's changing, but where we are in this moment in time, what, how do you feel about the platforms? They all have their different uses, to be honest. They all, um, they're all very different. Um, you mentioned Twitter, for example. Twitter is like the most, uh, it's like it's instant, right? If you post something on Twitter, uh, it will take minutes for it to disappear on someone's timeline. Uh, unless you, uh, and, and, and that's the other thing as well, is uh, speaking from, uh, from, you know, a publishing standpoint or as from, from you know, someone who works at a publisher, um, all of these platforms that you've mentioned, they all have a paid component and an unpaid component. Yeah. And unfortunately, some platforms, if you don't spend money, you won't get the eyes on it. It's just the way the algorithm works. Uh, whereas others, you know, they um, they rely on, uh, you know, people sharing your content for it to be discovered. So um, they all have their different uses. Again, like you say, Discord is it's amazing for building communities. Uh, you know, what you can do with Discord in terms of like, you know, uh, uh, how how you uh, you can fine tune it and what people can see and can't see. Um, and, you know, in terms of it's like, you know, like a like a bulletin board, you know, like discord is such an amazing platform and it's going you know it's getting it's improving all the time um you know as opposed to like using you know google plus when google plus started we all jumped on it all of us jumped on it but we weren't seeing the return on it um facebook as you mentioned the algorithm is it's quite um you know it's quite strong when it comes to um you know the skew between paid and unpaid so unless you're spending, uh, you know, an, any amount of money, you're you're not going to get your post seen, unless enough people are sharing it. Um, and um, I think it's a very low percentage of if you're organic, talking organic. If you're posting something on your page and you've got a massive audience, like a million followers or a million likes, um, the percentage of people who will see your post organically is very very small. Yeah. Um, so you have to spend that money to get more eyes. It's just the way it is, unfortunately. Um, and uh, Twitch is Twitch is also really good because, um, unlike YouTube, you know YouTube, you're putting your video content out there, um, and that's like a one way, you know, you, it's not so much one way because you've got the comment section, but you know that content goes out and lives, and it, you know over time it it gets discovered and people start commenting and, and engaging with your content, whereas Twitch you're having that live conversation with your audience, mm-hmm. and that is key. Uh, you know, there, you you do need those. Uh, you do need that. You know, you have that interaction, that live interaction with your audience. Um, I mean, you can. And again, I say Twitch. You can live stream on YouTube. You can live stream on Facebook. Um, you can have private um, or you know more kind of intimate live streams on your on your Discord server if you wanted to. Um, but I, uh, you know, in terms of like keeping people updated, um, I think Discord is amazing as well. Yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, studios using Discord where they, you know, that's where they'll get the first hand information about game updates and and builds and stuff like that. So, yeah. Also, Steam. Steam is very important, uh, if you, especially if you're if you're making a, yeah. Steam community is uh, uh, we don't um, we don't work on the Steam community platform uh, enough because and it's more of a resource thing because. It would. It's entire. It's an entire day job in itself. Looking after Steam, 
Uh, just talking from Sega as a publisher, because we've got so many games on there, each game has its own community hub yeah. and there's an active community in there. So it, to, to for one person or two people to manage all that for the hundreds of titles you've got, it's insane. But if you're a small studio, if it's your... If you've only got, you know, if you've only got uh, two or three games, it's much easier to manage. Um, but Steam is a very important platform as well. You mentioned Sega as a publisher. Uh, obviously, they've gone from making their own games to publishing other people's games. Um, I've heard recently of Sega Searchlight. Can you maybe talk about there? Yes. So Sega Searchlight is uh, a division within Sega Europe where uh, a team of people work with uh, developers. Uh, and studios to publish their games under the Sega Searchlight brand. Uh, case in point, uh, first one of the first ones was Motorsport Manager. So that's a Sega um, Searchlight title where Sega worked with PlaySport, who was a studio that made it, to publish their game for them. Uh, and um, uh, the, the most successful one was Two Point Hospital. Uh, Sega worked with Two Point Studios to publish Two Point Hospital, which had, uh, you know, it was a small, it was a small studio at the time, uh, uh, you know, headed up by former Lionhead Studios um, people. But more importantly, the uh, there were two people from Bullfrog who actually made Theme Hospital. So they had that pedigree behind them already. Um, and it was a small studio. They, they made Two Point Hospital. Uh, and it's it was very successful. It even got a console release, and the the, the team is expanding. Uh, and Sega purchased the studio, so you know they got very. Uh, it, it was an amazing success story, but um, you know they uh, they pride themselves on working with uh, development studios to 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 hope, hopefully you know if they if they fit the if they fit the remit, uh, publish their games. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of other publishers as well that do that as well, and it's just an amazing uh, an amazing way for uh, for certain you know uh, studios to get their games published. Um, uh, not even studios, just developers as well. You know, you, you work with uh, it's it's uh, it, it goes hand in hand. You know, you you um, it you basically pitch your idea or you pitch your game to the Searchlight team, and they have. Their own producers as well, who can help get your game over the finish line as well if needed, and uh, and and also marketing as well. Because uh, you know, I I um I worked uh, on Two Point Hospital with the with community manager at Two Point Studios. You know, just to help use Sega as a brand to to you know help them grow their audience, help them amplify uh, their you know their their content. As well, so so yeah, that's that's what Sega Searchlight is, and um, uh, you know they they they're always uh, they're always looking at uh, all the time. I always see them talking to new, you know, every week they're talking to different developers. Yeah. Um, so, and it's one thing that uh, you know, it's one thing that they're looking to to expand on, hopefully very soon, in terms of getting out there to to work, you know, to uh, you know discover more more studios and more game developers. So keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Great. Actually, uh, leading on from that, um, obviously Sega uh, now has looked after many different franchises and, and brands and, and games. Is it mm. difficult to keep that message, that Sega message clear and, and, and stop it being diluted or muddled with all the different games? 
Uh, you mean from the Sega, from from my perspective, you mean yeah. from Sega? Well, not really. I mean, it's it's again, it comes to balance, really. You know, um, our audience, as you know, the wider Sega community. You know, we have, uh, it, it, we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of uh, fans who are just only interested in retro. Uh, you know, they're interested in all the legacy stuff, like all the Mega Drive stuff and Saturn, and and, and you know, they want to see those old franchises come back uh which is totally understandable um but then we've got you know you've got the opposite spectrum i always use football manager as the other as other example because you've got you know these are fans of that game but then what what the, the beauty of it is you see an amazing overlap where you find you know people who are fans of a certain genre once they become exposed to or discover another genre they might actually be interested in you know, it's it's an amazing to see them cross over that line, where we've seen people who are only interested in Football Manager and they they see Total War and they go, oh, you know what, that looks really cool. I want to try that, or vice versa. I never, you know, you'd you'd think, you know, um, you would you'd think, oh, you know, someone interested in Sonic won't be interested in football, but there are people who are interested in Football Manager and Sonic. So it's a beautiful, it's a beauty to see that. But as you mentioned, there are a lot of franchises under the Sega umbrella. Um, but what helps with that is uh, they have their own community team. So the way it works at Sega um, is uh, each studio team is uh, what's called a pillar. So Sega has a pillar system, which started, I think, in 2015 or 2012. I can't remember. It was before my time, so I can't speak to when it started. But I came into it, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Is You have each studio, like Creative Assembly, Relic, uh, Two Point Studios, Now, um, Sports Interactive, they were all pillar studios and they all have their own marketing and PR and community reps within those teams. So they talk to their core audiences already. They all have their own separate social media accounts. They all have their own audience to work with. And at Sega, we kind of like, we have our, you know, we work across everyone and we, you know, we, we help fans from one, one group discover the other and we get to do some really fun stuff like, um, you know, uh, for Valentine's for a few, a couple of years, um, there was a campaign called Make War Not Love, where we got the community teams to play Sega games against each other, like Crazy Taxi and stuff like that. And it really, you know, it brings those communities together, which is always fun. Um, but no, it's, it's a challenge. Yes, it's a challenge, but it's not been one that's uh, without successes. Okay. Um... Earlier on, we talked about streaming, and I know you um, and Sega have been big on streaming on Twitch recently, um, yeah. and more more so than obviously with lockdown as well. Twitch has got bigger, and people are watching more of Twitch. Um, and mm -hmm. I know you, you've been streaming yourself as well um, as a streamer. If you talk, tell me about you as a streamer. Well, so that that's it's funny because in 2019 was when we started properly streaming from uh, for Sega. Um, so we, you know, the, the Sega Twitch channel has been around for years. Um, I think, uh, you know, very early on, uh, but they usually, uh, uh, if you look back at the VODs, there were only live streams at like live events, like, uh, PAX or E3, uh, you know, they, they'd build a booth and they'd stream from there. Um, and we'd have the odd launch stream for a game, but we decided, uh, it was Gamecom 2019 where we decided, look, we're going to have a, um, a content strategy and and uh you know uh grow our channel and stream regularly we even built a studio in the sega europe office 
which is quite sad because we got it built, used it for a year, and then lockdown happened, so we couldn't yeah. use it. Um, so it's gathering dust at the moment. But then we made a transition to streaming from home. And thanks to tools like Parsec, where you can, uh, and Steam remote, uh, remote Play Anywhere, Remote Play Together, sorry, um, you can join someone else's PC as player two and play together online uh, and stream at the same time. So we've been able to do that. Um, and, you know, we, we increased our stream output um, and it's been, it's been, you know, it was a lot of fun. And I thought, you know what, I've got everything set up now at home. I'm going to start streaming as well myself. So I started doing it and yeah, again, it's, uh, it's uh, every streamer's journey is, you know, they have, they have the similarity where, you know, the similar experience where you start and, you know, you're not getting any viewers. There's no one commenting in your chat or anything like that. That is totally fine. That is not, it's not a numbers game. It's more about doing it as a hobby. And again, like you mentioned, it was lockdown. It was a tough time for us all. We couldn't go out of the house, you know, but I thought, you know what? I'm just going to start. I'm, I'm going to be playing games anyway. I might as well play it online. And if someone wants to come and chat while I'm playing, that's the attitude that, you know, and every streamer will tell you this. It's not about um, getting a certain number of viewers per stream. It's not about getting, you know, follows and bits and subs. It's not, that's all a bonus. It's more about enjoying yourself and having fun. Um, and then eventually over time, you do see you build a community. You, you build your own community of people or you become part of a existing community uh, because one person from that community has discovered you and then they bring their friends over to watch you. Um, and it's, you know, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing platform for that, for bringing, uh, communities and people together. Um, so, so yeah, so on a personal note, I've, I've been enjoying it so much also on a, on a personal note as well, um, because doing the live streams for Sega, um, you know, I was more of a behind the scenes person at the start and you'd get presenters to do it. And then I started doing it myself and I only did it because it, I wanted to build my confidence and it helped a great deal. So um, that's definitely um, something to to consider doing if you, and again, it's just, it's not difficult to do. Uh, uh, last year, it was probably harder because like you said, everyone, you know, Twitch was growing. Everyone was buying all the equipment. There was, you couldn't buy a card, you couldn't buy a webcam. Even now, webcams are still quite pricey, but um, we're, we're slowly finally getting to the time where it's not the case anymore. You know, there's no scalping going on. Um, but, you know, um, even if you, uh, and sometimes we do this on on Discord as well. We'll stream to just a group of friends, just on Discord, just to play a game and then live stream it to the Discord, and then everyone can just have you know a bit of fun. Uh, the movie watch parties, which uh, you know I've come to yours as well, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's all you know that that's again that's that's a different type of live streaming, but it's still live streaming. Um, it builds community as well. Absolutely, absolutely, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it passes the time as well. When you when you want to, if you have the time and you're going to be playing games, why not play it on a live stream? Yeah. You know, you don't even have to use a camera. You can just yeah. stick a microphone on. Again, an important thing, again, is engaging with the community. Having a camera does help, but I wouldn't say it's 100% necessary. You might not have the confidence to have your face on screen, but you might be confident enough to talk. Um, and by all means, do it. You know, don't, don't feel that you have to have a camera on to be successful. You... Again, at the end of the day, you're not doing it to be the next big ninja or you know, you know, the next big streamer. You're doing it to to have fun and enjoy yourself. It becomes a hobby. 
uh, and then over time, if it becomes something else, then great. But uh, you know, if, if you have that mindset where you you're just doing it to have fun and you know be with friends, so you're not alone, then that's the right attitude to have, and it, it becomes you know it becomes a really good hobby. So I want to touch upon um, quite a nasty subject that happens in communities of all kinds, not just gaming communities. Uh, you'll get one or two bad eggs that will turn up, and they will try and ruin it for everyone. Um, mm. What's your stance on, on, on that sort of thing? Uh, in particular, to live streaming or just online uh, communities, in, in communities, general? communities in general? Yeah, I mean, uh, the golden rule in community management, and you'll probably hear this all the time, is don't feed the trolls. Um, people do it for whatever reason they do it. You know, they, they have a bad attitude and they're doing it to get a reaction. The key is not to get give a reaction because that's what they want. Um, and even if it's something really offensive, just um, be quick to, you know, block it or delete it or whatever. Um, and, you know, it's never, never, it's very easy to say and hard to do, but try not to, try not to show a reaction either. Don't get angry. Don't show your anger because again, that's what they want. That's the only thing, only reason they're there is to is to cause trouble uh, and upset people, and it will happen. And unfortunately, some platforms that you can't get rid of them because they'll just create another account if you ban them. Um, but you just have, you know, eventually they go away. Eventually they'll give up. Um, but you know, online uh, safety online is paramount. Your community has to be a safe place. Because the moment it's not a safe place, people will just decide to leave. And that's the last thing you want. And these are really good people that you want, you know, to stick around. Uh, so making sure they feel safe. And, and again, my platform is different on Discord, you know, Discord and, um, and Twitch. Um, you know, get some trusty people who, and, uh, you know, who can become moderator, you know, mods. Mods are very important. You know, they're not just there to police. They're there to help you and support you in every way possible and you support them they are an extension of you they're not there to serve you they are there as part of your team um and uh you know they you know they they're, they're giving up their time at the end of the day to to help moderate and to help clean up any mess that's there uh you know whether it's uh, banning people or timing people out or, or anything like that um so just one thing to if you're going into live streaming or you're starting a discord server definitely um think about that think about people that you can trust who can you know uh become moderators uh and then when it comes to like you know your own youtube channel and uh twitter facebook there's tools in place to you know swear filter for example on on facebook you can have if you've got a brand page um and you know you can ban people quite easily um so you know it's again it's just you you shouldn't have to grow thick skin but you it's one thing you do have to be aware of and prepared for um because there are some nasty people out there unfortunately but um it just comes with experience the last thing you can do is is let them get a rise out of you and show anger i've seen brand accounts you know which are big brands uh where the social media person has responded in anger and that's that response is seen by all your followers and that's exactly what they wanted so do not absolutely do not 
um, do not feed the trolls. That's the golden rule. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's a knack of things uh, to have to deal with, but it's it's a reality of community building. And I think that people exactly. like not do not feed the trolls. Concentrate on the positive stuff in your community. Yes, and, yes. And, uh, yeah. Definitely um, help grow things there. Uh, well, that's coming up to time. I think. Um, okay. I don't. I don't really want to end it on that because um, I, I want to look forwards and, and see what are Sega doing to, uh, what are we look, sorry, what are we looking forward to from Sega? Oh, uh, well, you know, we've got, um, we've got uh, a few games coming up. Uh, we've got Sonic's 30th anniversary uh, this year as well. Um, so, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, Humankind is, um, is coming soon as well uh, in August. And uh, that uh, that game is uh, Amplitude Studios are one of the best studios I've ever worked with because they have something called uh, it's a platform called Game Together uh, where they work with their community to build their games. Nice. All the all the games in their franchises uh, like uh, Dungeon of the Endless, Endless Space, Endless Space Two, those games were built working with their communities, and they have a platform called Games Together where. They talk directly with their fans and they give them early access to games. For example, Humankind had something called Open Dev. And what Open Dev is, is they give a chunk of the game out to the public to play, right? They will then submit that feedback back to the studio. And that's, the studio then takes that feedback and goes, you know what? That's a good point. We'll change that. And it happens. There are changes that have been made to Humankind already so far that are going to be making it to the final game that fans have had fed back on and that's that's amazing as well um and um yeah there's there's lots of uh there's lots of stuff uh in the pipeline obviously stuff i can't mention now because they haven't been announced but again there's there's always there's always stuff there's always stuff coming um uh and and yeah the studios are all busy uh you know in lockdown still working from home making games the, these developers the guys making the games whether it's the artists coders they're all doing it from home. We're doing everything from home. So, in fact, the entire of Sega Europe and Sega America, we are all working from home. Amazing. So, to 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 be able to adapt to that environment for an entire year, it's not been easy, but we, you know, we got through it. Um, but yeah, there's uh, you know, there's there's uh, there's a few things coming, quite exciting things. Um, and uh, and you you know, the, and there's the Japanese IPs as well. We've got uh. Judgment coming to next gen consoles uh, this month, actually. Um, so yeah, there's uh, there's there's lots of stuff in the pipeline, but you know, just uh, to stay up to date, just follow Sega on on any social channels. We're everywhere. I think we're <laughs> again where you guys are, where 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 people who play our games are. We are where you are, and uh, and again, you know, come chat to us, come to our live streams, come and talk to us on Twitter, on Facebook. You know, we do. Uh, there's a lot of you, but we do listen. You know, we do we do engage with you guys. So, so yeah. And uh, if people want to know more about Ibs, where can they find about more about Ibs? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's uh, at Ibsatron, or uh, you can, and it's the same Ibsatron on Twitch. Um, and yeah, uh, you can you can easiest place is, is probably Twitter. That's where I, where I'm most vocal these days. So yeah, come chat. I'm always uh, DMs are always open. If you want to have a chat as well, uh, yeah. Uh, well, Ibs, thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, it's no, it's been great. a pleasure. Thank you so much. Great wealth of knowledge there. 
Uh, we'll take care and we'll catch up with you soon, okay, Ibs? Thank you. Take care, guys. Well, um, I'm DX, um from Asobi Tech, and that's this was a Game Dev London podcast. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to know any more information, you can go to gamedev.london on your web browser, and all the information will be there. Thank you very much, and you take care.